This is your invitation to a masterclass in engineering and design. Your ticket to go from zero to 60 with the Lexus Performance Line. A feeling this dynamic is invite only. Fortunately, you're invited. Experience the exhilaration of the Lexus Performance Line and some of the best offers of the year on select models at the Invitation to Lexus sales event, now through April 1st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 60 Cents Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas, with Jonathan, and we are recording post-trade deadline. And let me tell you, it did not disappoint, right, Jonathan? No, it did not. There was a lot of smaller moves, but I mean, the Sixers were involved in probably the most moves, so we got some stuff to talk about. Yeah, definitely some stuff to talk about here. But I, you know what? We'll we'll definitely. Uh, I think we'll definitely have to give the Sixers a grade here at the end after we go over these moves. But let's talk talk about the biggest move that they made today. They traded Marcus Morris Jr., longtime Sixers fork on Corkmaz, and three second round picks for to the Indiana Pacers for Buddy Heald. Jonathan, I know fans have been wanting this trade for a long time. It finally happened. What's your reaction to it? Yeah, I mean, first reaction has to be Furcon, right? I'm just playing. Uh, (laughs) But for real, if if you're from Philly, that man has been requesting a trade for three years. So good for him. Good for him. Well, is it really that good for him? They waived him. You know what? He might be able to go back to Turkey. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, so I think you're right. As you said, that we've been looking for a, a little bit to maybe acquire Buddy Heald. I think he fits perfectly. The spacing that he provides on the floor is great. I think mm-hmm. this is kind of where there's a little conversation in the group chat. Maybe the Sixers should have stopped here and that would have made everyone happy. But I was a fan of this trade. How about you? Yeah, I, if, if I had to give this grade a trade, I mean, this uh, trade a grade, <laughs> I, I would probably give it a B, B plus. Definitely give it a B plus here because, like, look, I mean, Heald is a little bit, you know, he's 32. Hard to believe he's 30. He came into the league when he was, like, 20, what, 25, 26, right? Yeah, he was older, yeah. Yeah, he was an older rookie. Anyway, um, but look, he's still one of the – outside of Steph Curry, nobody has made more three-point attempts in the NBA since Heald has come into the NBA. So, got to keep that in mind. The guy's a knockdown three-point shooter, and we know – when Joel's healthy, what that means for a two-man game between him and whoever's that three-point shooter. So that's really interesting. It's going to also alleviate Maxi. I, I, I think that now what I really want to see is what happens here when De'Anthony Melton comes back healthy. I want to see yeah. what happens here. Because who, who starts then? Is it healed or, or is, it, is it Buddy or Melton? I, I, I don't know. I, I said both my, of them, and you place a little smaller in Batum goes. I, I I don't think a defensive-minded coach like Nick Nurse would go for that. I don't even know if I would go for that. I, honestly, I, I think the more likely scenario here, if I had to guess, is that heel comes comes off the bench. But who knows, right? Yeah, who well, knows? I will say you mentioned the two-man game. I mean, I immediately thought about J.J. Redick. I, I think that, yeah. that game that him and Joel had could be replicated. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think, you know, that, you know, like Seth 
Seth Curry, of course. Yeah, I think that would be nice to see. I, I don't see why Nick Nurse wouldn't at least experiment with that. So that, that would be cool. But now we have to get to the, the other trades here. And uh, I don't think Sixers fans were quite as happy here. So let's let's talk about this next one here. The next one, the Sixers traded Daniel House Jr. and a second round pick to the Pistons. That's yeah, it. To- Nothing, for nothing, nothing right? else for pretty much nothing. Yeah, look, I mean, the Pistons are, are planning to wave house. I, I suspect a couple of contenders or a couple of playoff teams would call for his services. I mean, he's not look, we complain about him, but that's just because we you know us Philly fans were never satisfied. But he, in the grand scheme of things, he's a good defensive player that can occasionally hit a three. And uh, yeah, he has shown so, up big in playoff moments. So yeah, yeah, so. I saw the breakdown on this. Like at first, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. But I saw the breakdown. The Sixers saved eighteen million by trading Daniel House, which is crazy. So they took his four point three million off the payroll. They took two point five million off the luxury tax penalty. That's eliminated. And then an eleven point two million gain from league wide tax distribution. So essentially oh. they saved eighteen million dollars by this. So at first I, I yeah, like you, I'm like I don't know. This just seems like a an odd move, but Daryl Morey was thinking is thinking on this one. That's that was not too bad. Uh, you know, we got to remember our owner just did buy another professional sports team, so maybe he's trying to save a little bit of money here. Look, I, I from what I was told, it was more of a uh, now that we now that they traded house, they can sign a free agent. They have the ability to sign free agents again with the with the waving of house. Whether that's salary or if it was just roster spot, who knows? But we'll talk about you know buyout candidates here in a minute. But now we got to go to the one that I I personally think stings the most here, and that that that's the trading of Pat Beverly to the Milwaukee Bucks for Cam Payne and a second round pick. So we were able to get back one of the second round picks that we traded, right? So we we got one back. That's that's cool. That's cool. But yeah, it mean, feels the, like it's, the, it feels like a downgrade. It feels like a downgrade not only on the court because I, I love Pat Bev's defense. I don't care offensively what he brings, but it's just a locker room guy. That 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 feels like it was lost. It does, and I think Matt was messaging in the group chat saying like these second round picks are kind of worthless. And I mean, it is true. This draft is not really deep. So look, we're gonna get to the the next trade after this, but trading like to your competitors doesn't make sense at all in the first place. But yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I think campaign is clearly a better offensive player than Pat bed, but that's not like necessarily what we needed. We have offense in maxi and Tobias and healed and Embiid. Like if everyone's healthy, we don't necessarily need more offense. We need defense. And when you're looking at defense, we traded away two of our best perimeter defenders today. And Pat bed being one of them, I think you're right. He, he provides like a very Philly, attitude he gives a great veteran presence in the locker room which we don't always have because we know Joel's not like the most outspoken all the time it sounds like in the locker room so I, I honestly didn't understand this completely you're giving a great perimeter defender to a Bucks team who's like the most blow here yeah and you know what and here's the other thing Jonathan we have to remember Papev has a relationship with Doc Rivers this probably helps Doc Rivers too yeah I think it does yeah so I, I you know this just feels like a I don't know, not are arguably my least favorite move, but none of these three other ones after the Buddy Heal one are really. Yeah, like I just don't get why you're 
making the Bucks better at a because like they are a defensive nightmare. Like in in the bad like not a nightmare. They're a defensive insane liability right now. They are clearly not a good team on defense. And why are we giving them anything to help? They were I mean they're still they're getting blown out by the Timberwolves tonight. They've been on such a downside. I just think that it's weird to trade to a team ahead of you. Yeah, it is weird. I don't quite get that. Daryl must be playing checkers and we're still, I mean, chess, and we're still playing checkers here. Either that or Daryl's losing his touch. I don't know. It feels weird, yeah. though, because that's not the only, you know, you know, rival that Daryl traded to. The last trade that the Sixers made was trading Jaden Springer to the Boston Celtics for a second round pick. This one Dude. made even less sense to me. Because Made even less sense, and it came in at like three, at like two fifty nine fifty nine. Yeah, yeah. Like Celtics, they first off, I don't even know why the Celtics do this trade because they're already pretty stacked defensively at the guard position. Uh, we we definitely were going to need Springer now more because you know who who's going to guard opposing guards, right? Like now that Pat Bev's right, so uh, you know, and Matt one of our contributors at the Sixers Sense was just like, oh yeah, good more minutes for for Springer. I guess does this mean that Chris has to give up his stock in Springer Island? I was gonna ask. We have to get him on and, and inquire yeah, if his we'll, stock we'll transfers. Yeah. Yeah. If they transfer or not. I don't even know what do you know what year this pick is gonna come in? I do not. That's a it's, good question. Yeah. I know it's like a mix between like the Wizards and Dallas pick. I want to say it's like greater of or less than I don't know. It's just look, why take all the time to develop Springer if you're just going to trade him and not barely play him? Yeah. And like you know what, you you already have a really tenacious defensive backcourt in Boston, and then you just added another guy who can really lock down defensively too. Like, what are we, what are we doing here? Or we give like it almost feels like we're punting on the season. Does it? Well, does it feel like? I don't know. Like the Buddy Heel trade didn't feel like we were punting on the season, and I was listening to people talk about it, and it's like, okay, like people were saying like, oh, shut and be down. Like this season's a wash. But then I heard the other point, which is my point. How do you know he's going to be healthy in the twenty twenty five postseason, the twenty twenty six postseason? Like. You, you can't do that. So if you have to shut him down through March or April and he comes back in the playoffs, you could still make a run for it this year. Then that's kind of what yeah, it felt yeah, like. I, with the I, 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 I would do that. But I guess the biggest thing that I'm disappointed about this whole entire trade deadline is what didn't happen. And you know exactly where I'm going for with this. Yep, a backup Why, big. A backup big. Now, it's clear that Chicago did not make any trades. You know that that they they stayed pat, which is absolutely insane. I, they didn't they didn't do anything. Like I'm sorry, that front office needs to go in Chicago. I think they need to get a clean sweep of leadership there because uh, I I don't think Billy Donovan's a bad coach, but you need to have a fresh start. Because I mean, look, you you have something with Colby White there and Pat Pat Williams, right? Yeah. Fresh start. You, you need to have a fresh start there in Chicago. You need to have a fresh start in le- leadership and fresh start with, with you know, young guys. Like, what are we doing here? Like, seriously. So Chicago just, you know, yeah, they they woofed it. So Andre Drummond, but guess what? Kelly Olenek got traded. 
Yep. Kelly Olenek, granted, not like the defensive stopper that you would love, but would have made a difference on this team. Like, and maybe they just couldn't find the trade in this better not to make any trade than making a bad trade. Okay. You maybe. could, and I guess the question, and, and going back, let's just go back to the Springer trade. That's the only reason why I see they make the Springer trade is to get less guaranteed money off their books for next summer. That's that's the reason why I see they make that Springer trade is because now they don't have they only have Joel Embiid and Paul Reed, right? Yeah, and but I, Springer's Chappell, not right? making that Springer's not making that much. Uh, who knows, right? I don't. I just I, think I that like I don't know. It's just it doesn't make it. It did not make sense to get rid of the defense when I don't think we're a, a bad defensive team. I think we're an average defensive team, but like. We've said before, like especially when we play the Pacers or other teams that run, we just don't play defense. And what we're de- now, we have no one who plays defense besides Embiid and Melton. Yeah, and Roko when he's healthy, if he's healthy. Yeah, yeah, that's surprising that we kept Roko. Didn't that surprise you a little bit? Also, we set more salary back than what we needed to for the Buddy Heald trade. I think we. Is he what, what? What did he make? Didn't he? Isn't he making like eighteen million this year, or is it twenty one? Wait, 21? we sent more back. Yeah, we sent more to Indiana than we than we received. I know that for a fact. I'm pretty because, sure he's on like a four year. Oh, it's a four year ninety four mil. Okay, but what's the what's the last year? Because he's a free agent, right? So what was what was the salary for this season? Yeah, so he's in the final year of his contract. His current salary is eleven point five. Buddy healed? No, 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 I'm yeah. not talking about Buddy Heald. 11.5? Are you sure? Yeah. Buddy Heald is making 11.5 million this year. No, wait, sorry. Oh, wow, because it's going to be split between a few teams. He's making uh, 18 mil. Okay, okay. Marcus Morris was making 17 mil, almost 18 mil. Why send Corkmaz there? Unless you're trying to, they're trying to dump salary. And that gets us. I mean, we'll. we'll I'm going to bypass the other moves here first, so we can talk about the buyout people before we get to, like, the okay. other moves here, because like we just got to talk about this before we get to anything else in the NBA. So there are buyout candidates here, three notable ones, and here they are: it's Spencer Dinwiddie, Kyle Lowry, Killian Hayes. Very surprised that Killian Hayes got bought out. Also, you forgot one: James Booknight got bought out okay. too. Yeah, I was surprised about Killing Hayes as well. That was a that was a surprise. And I will say, I mean, we're gonna get into all of these, but uh Spencer Dinwiddie is at the Knicks, was at the Knicks Mavericks game tonight, and he is like very heavily tied to the Mavericks. So I mean we know he played there too. So he was sitting right behind their bench. I would not be surprised if he's a Maverick by tomorrow. I mean, it could happen. I mean the Mavericks definitely were a winner here, but we'll 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 talk about that in a little bit, too. Um, yeah, so the buyout yeah, candidates that you yeah. mentioned, like, it sounds like the, I've, well, from what I've read, if bought out, Kyle Lowry is, like, very much a, like, he's probably going to come to Philly, which not, yeah. I don't love, but I'd love to hear your opinion. The question is, is he a, is he a better backup point guard at this point than that uh, Pat Bev? 
He has oh, no, letter, you know, vet, he has a veteran leadership. He has championship experience. He can run an offense. We know that. And could he could he give you like a fifteen point game every now and then? I, I I suspect so, right? I mean, yeah, but like that, I he's not the Is guy he, I want. I mean, he's averaging the, like eight points a game this year. He shoot, uh, he's shooting thirty nine percent from three. It's not bad. I mean, I'm not worried about like the points per game because, like, look, he was starting for Miami. They were overexerting him for most of the season. Like, I mean, he's I'm, about to turn 38. I don't want Kyle Lowry here. Look, I mean, it could be worse. It, it could be, but I'm not looking forward to it. I it, it, like it does sound like that's probably the move, though. I mean, I guess we have a roster spots for it, um, but. From the rest I of mean, that list, I think well, I'd rather okay. have Killian Hayes. I think I, I, dude, you know, I've been uh, kind of low key looking at Killian Hayes too. Well, I mean, he, he, he kind of fits more of the Pat Bev. You know, he's not really much of a shooter. I think he's like in the low 30s or high 20s in terms of three point shooting this season. But like, playmaker, defender can run an offense. The question is, yeah. can Kyle Lowry still defend? That's the real question. I think he can. He's 38. They, He's going to be 38. Okay, Le- LeBron James is 39. That's LeBron. Are you seriously <laughs> comparing? No, no, <laughs> that I'm, is not, insane. I'm not. I'm not. I'm that not, is I'm insane. Not. But, like, no, I, I don't think it's impossible. I mean, he was playing defense. I mean, he was able to play well enough to be in Miami's rotation. So let's, let's keep that in mind. Let's keep that in mind. Yeah. I mean, look, I think the ideal situation would be get would to get Dinwiddie, right? I think that would be the ideal situation. He can play next to Maxi if you want to. He can definitely be your backup here. Now, it Dinwiddie just has, like he's has gonna go well, to the here's back. here's the only thing though. Dinwiddie has been the worst shooter in the NBA this season. In okay, terms everyone? of goal. I think in terms of hang on, let me pull it up here. Um, he's in terms of like starters, cause he was a starter. I mean, why, why would the Toronto Raptors just wave a guy that's starting for the Brooklyn Nets? Right. Why would they do that? Brian Windhorst. Why would they do that? Because, because they don't have any desire to win. I don't know if they didn't have any desire then why trade for Kelly Olynyk? They might think he could be part of their future. I, I don't know. I'm not sure why they're doing that, but. I just think that Dinwiddie, like, I think he's absolutely going to the Mavs after seeing him at the game tonight. But if he doesn't, I think LeBron's making a push for him. So I, I just don't think Philly has a great chance yeah, of getting him. So, so Dinwiddie started all the games he could for Brooklyn, but he only shot 39% from the field and 32% from the three-point line. That can't be the worst in the league. Well, maybe among starting point guards. I don't know, but that's not okay. like, you, you know, that's not good. Yeah, that's no, just, I, I know. Gillian Hayes, he was a part time starter. Uh, let's see, he's shooting this season. Like, look, I mean, I'm really interested to see where Hayes lands. He shot 41% from the field, 29, almost 30% from the three point line, average seven and five. Okay. Yeah, so let me get, let me give you a team. I know that we're probably not going to get into this team because well, they didn't make any moves, but I think it, 
this team needs a little bit more bolstered bench and they should have made a move at the trade deadline, and that's Denver. What do you think about if they added like Killing Hayes or Book Knight? Just have someone like they only had like a seven man rotation last year and you lose Bruce Brown. If you don't, if you can't do a six man rotation this year, that's uh, look, that's a tough one. And by the way, I just want to point out Kyle Lowry's averaging eight and four on 42% shooting from the field and 38.5% shooting from the three point line. And he's only averaging 1.4 turnovers per game. So let's not let's not poo-poo on Kyle Lowry right now, okay? Okay. 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 That's that's all I'm asking. Like, look, I, I think in a limited role, he he could be okay behind Maxi. We're we're not asking him to play a lot of minutes. Like, dude, what? you got campaign. Well, I mean, I, I I would rather play Kyle Lowry than campaign. Then why trade Pat Bev for campaign? That's Okay, so I was watching ESPN today. It sounded like they were insinuating that maybe Pat Bev knew the trade was coming or maybe they knew that they were going to get Kyle Lowry, so they talked to Pat Bev and see if he would be willing to come be the third guard off the bench. And maybe they were just like, well, let's let's do you a favor and trade you to where you want to go. Okay. That's 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 just what they were insinuating. It could be true, could not. But why be. are you I gonna, don't know. That just doesn't make sense. You can't do them him a favor and trade him to a team that you may play in the playoffs. I mean, if uh, look, him and Maury have a long term, really, you know, relationship, and maybe he gave him a list of teams, and maybe the Bucks were on there, and maybe the Bucks gave them the best offer. Yeah. I, mean, it's not like I just Pat, don't think that's not, something. It's that not you like do. Pat Bev has like crazy high trade value, right? So like, you take what you can get, right? Yeah. And we know, like, me getting a second round pick and a rotation player for for Pat Bev is honestly pretty high value for the guy at this point in his career. Yeah, I just I I don't didn't see oh, look, don't I, see it necessary, I, especially if you're looking at Lowry too. I don't see it necessary. Well, I I think they just wanted to clear the runway for Lowry to come. Who knows? But you know what? That's not the only stuff that happened at this trade deadline. There was a lot of interesting moves. But let's let's talk about them. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. First, you know, it was after the Terry Rozier trade, it was clear that the Hornets were in a, you know, blow-it-up mode. They did not trade Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges made it clear that he would veto any trade. But they did trade Gordon Hayward to the to the Oklahoma City Thunder, aka Chris's favorite team. So, or second favorite team, who knows? I don't know what Chris is liking anymore. So, Hayward to the Thunder. What does this do? What do you like it? Where does this put Love the it. Thunder? Love it. Love it. I he think should, I it told should you. Be, it, sh- it should be noted that he's been out since Dece- late December with an ankle. Injury. Understood. Understood. Okay. I think you remember 
like two, three weeks ago, I said, I don't know if the Thunder are going to be buyers, but I think they could use a veteran player. This is that. Yeah, he's hurt. He'll probably be back in a week or a couple weeks or something, at least by March. And this is what you need. Like, it, this seems like they're going for it now. I'm not saying Gordon Hayward is a game changer. He's averaging like 15 and 5. But you have a young team. You don't necessarily need to upgrade. And you get a player who's been around the league a bit, knows, can shoot. And I just think this was an absolute great, great move by the Thunder. I think they did what they needed to do. It should be noted, I believe they gave up Trey Mann as first-round pick and Bob Davis Bertans, right? Does that sound about right? Yep, yep. I don't have all the trades in front of me at the moment, but I think I don't that's think right. either of them were in the rotation. Trey Mann, by the way, might be a little bit of a steal. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Terry Rougier, undersized scoring guard. It really they, put up numbers. Yeah, so they didn't give up a pick. They gave up Trey Mann, Bertans, and Vasile Misic. Oh, oh, wait, draft you compensation. Mean, it doesn't say Yeah, uh, Micic, uh, former Sixer, by the way. Never officially put on our gear, but we drafted him back in like 2017 or 15. It was a, wall, we, it was a long time coming for him. Anyway, so that was interesting. I like that move for them, too. I think the biggest move here, though, in the NBA at the trade deadline was the New York Knicks acquiring... Bojan Bogdanovic and Alec Burks from the Detroit Pistons for Quinn Grimes, uh, Evan Fournier, and two uh, Ryan or I don't know what his name is. The guy Archie Diakono. Yeah, Archie Diakono. And there was one other guy. Who was the Who's the other guy? Quentin Grimes. Did you say? Yeah, said Quentin Grimes. Um, it was. I oh, uh, Malachi Flynn. Malachi Flynn. Okay, so and two future seconds, two future seconds for these guys. Both of these guys. I mean, Quinn Grimes. You gave up Quinn Grimes. That's that's a loss. He had been starting for them, like off and on for the past two years. Two years, right? He's a good rotation player. You give up him, you get Bogdanovich, who on a good team is probably averaging more like fifteen to seventeen, right? So when when the Knicks are fully healthy, he's probably going to come off the bench. But he's your sixth man. He's averaging 15, 17 points for you. Then you have Burks. We've had him in Philly before. We know what he brings. He's a spark plug off the bench. Guy that could go for 25 on any given night, right? Yeah. Does this make the Knicks? Assuming, you know, currently in the East, does this make the Knicks the second best team in the East? Uh, As things currently stand. It's tough for me, and you may think that it's like who I'm just, you're not going to guess who I'm deciding between. I think it's the Knicks or the Cavs at two. I don't think it's the Bucks or the Sixers. I think the uh, Knicks no, or the, Sixers, the Cavs. The Sixers are out until Joel gets back. Let's, let's be clear. Yeah, but Sixers. so I think the Knicks could be the second best. I think this does make them good. The interesting thing is they don't give up any firsts, and essentially, throughout this, even though this wasn't the trade deadline, they essentially traded. R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel Quickly, and Quentin Grimes for Burks, Bojan, and O.G. Ananobi. That's an absolute upgrade. And you gave up no first to get those guys. That's an upgrade across the board. So I know you gave up some young pieces, but they're going for it now. This team is going for it now. They have no superstars. So you don't know if they can win. But someone was comparing them to, like, the, the Pistons. Pistons. Yeah. Yep. And it has that feel, doesn't it? Yeah. 
I think it does. Look, it's going to be interesting what the Knicks do here for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. P.J. Washington went to from the Hornets to the Mavericks for Grant Williams, Seth Curry, and I believe it was a first-round pick, right? Yep. Yeah, P.J. Washington, definitely an upgrade there. Two-way power forward, can stretch the floor, can average between right. like 13 to 15. What I, are your I thoughts like on Seth Curry as a potential buyout candidate? He's had, really bad, he's had a really bad season. And honestly, I I don't think we need a lot more guards. I think we need – I you know what we need. You know what I yeah, want. I, I want a big – I know. I want a – I can't cuss, but I want a blank big man. Yeah, I know okay. what you mean. I want a big man, but we're not getting that. For some reason, you know, they believe that Paul Reed is good enough. I don't believe that at all. So, we'll we'll see. But that wasn't the only big acquisition that the Mavs made. And I honestly think the Mavs were the second biggest winners of the trade deadline. Because they also got Daniel Gafford. Behind the Knicks? Yeah. No, no, Daniel Gafford went to the Mavs. Yeah, I'm saying Um, second, yeah, the second biggest behind the Knicks. Yeah, behind the Knicks, yeah. I agree with you. I, I think that the Mavs upgraded. I mean, Kyrie and Luka... We know what kind of talents there are, and they're, and they're just trying to build a team around that. So, uh, yeah, I think the Mavs did good. Yeah, and look, Gafford, I don't think he should be, like, a starter on most teams, but, like, he can be a really good backup on most teams. And that's what you get with Gafford here. So I really like that. I think Gafford was traded for Rashawn Holmes, right? Rashawn I Holmes think so. maybe a pick. Who knows? I don't know if the picks are there. Uh, but it was like, Rashawn, yeah, it was Rashawn Holmes and... I just had it. And a 2024 first. Hey, we might actually see Holmes play again. It's felt like forever. I don't think he's bad. I just don't think he, I don't know. I don't know why Holmes hasn't played. But Gafford is going to be a really good backup for them. PJ is going to be starting for them. They could have a starting lineup of either Josh Green or Dante Exum, one healthy. Luca, Kyrie, PJ, and Derek Lively. I like that for them. Does it make them the favorites? No, but I think it makes them significantly better. I'm yeah, trying to think if something. there was any. Hey, now I didn't see it on my Twitter or anything, but was there a trade for uh, Robin Lopez? Yes, he got traded to the Kings and bought out. Okay, well, um, that's interesting. Maybe we go for Robin Lopez. Who knows? That, that I wouldn't be mad about that. It was straight cash. The... She got traded for you. Yeah, I, I look, maybe Robin Lopez can help us out. He's at least a bigger, stronger body. He's more of a traditional and big. I, I, I could talk you, myself into Robin Lopez. Did you know uh, Marcus Morris ended up getting flipped to the Spurs? Yeah, for uh, Sean McDermott, right? McDermott coming back to the Pacers. I like that for them. Don't yeah, like yeah. it for us, but, like, yeah. I'm trying to think if there was any other moves. Was there any other moves that I'm forgetting here? I feel like there are. I mean, there was a few more. I, like, I kind of like Royce O'Neal going to the Suns. I know oh, yeah, small, that was like a three. Yeah, yeah, it was a three-team trade. Suns, Memphis, and, uh, and the Nets. Nets. Uh, they, they gave up the, Watanabe, who's not playing, and Bates, Diop, and second rounds. They also got David Roddy, too. Big body, David Roddy. Yeah. Other than that, no, I actually think we covered all of them. But the, I, I uh, what you know, you said at the beginning, 
Why don't, before we close the segment out, we give grades for the Sixers? Okay, so let's see. Yeah, let's go back to the trades here. The Buddy Heald trade, what would you give? Oh, are we doing it one at a time? I mean, we could do one at a time, and then we'll give it an overall grade. Okay, so I think the Buddy Heald trade is uh, A-. minus. I'm going to give it a B plus. Um, okay. Three seconds seems a little bit high for Buddy, but okay. All right, next one. Daniel House for cash, a cap room. Yeah, I mean, the way it worked out for the Sixers, I think I'm going to give him a B plus. I'd like just saving $18 wow. million. Good for them. I'm, I, I mean, even knowing that, I still think you could have gotten a little something for Daniel House. It's not like he's a net negative, so I'm, I'm going to give it a C. Okay. All right. Next one. Pat Bev for Cam uh, Payne and a second round pick. I think I'm going to give it a C minus. I could go D, but I just don't understand it. Uh, I, like I, get, I think Cam Payne, as I've said, is a better player. I don't understand this, though. I, I, I'm going to give it a D minus. I don't like this at all. I think this is okay. a bad move. But, you know, who knows? Maybe Kyle Lowry comes and it, it gets better. Jaden Springer to the Celtics for a second-round pick. Awful. I, th- I want to give it like an F. I mean, we drafted him you, 29. You, 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 I know. You, you can give it an F, absolutely. Yeah, we drafted him 29th. I know that's like not – like it's like first round, second-to-last pick in the first round, but it does not make sense. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be slightly more gracious and give it another – I'll give it a C-minus. He barely played. I know the upside's uh, yeah. there, but I'll I'll give it a C minus. All right, All that's right. fair. So let's go to the more specific Sixers news now that we've cleared out of the trade deadline. So obviously we have had an update on Joel Embiid since most recent the last podcast we had. He underwent a successful knee surgery. So the original report comes out saying he'll be reevaluated in four weeks. I saw Sham say it's likely an eight to 10 week kind of like injury, which would put him towards the end of the regular season. Uh, what are your thoughts, I guess, on the four week reevaluation, like what that means and then how long it, it may be expected? Well, I knew that a, a meniscus tear was going to be at least somewhere around eight weeks. I thought it was going to be in the more is eight, six to eight weeks. But if it's uh, eight to ten weeks, I wouldn't be surprised either. Look, uh, it's good to know that he's going to get reevaluated in four weeks. I, I when I heard reevaluated, uh, I knew that it didn't mean that he was going to play after that. You know, I, I think that we just have to wait and see. We have to wait and see what this evaluation says, because if he can, you know, if he recovers well, then you know maybe we have a shot for some postseason Joel. If not. Well, just strapping, guys. It's going to be a tough end of the year here. Yeah, so Probably I was looking at it. That the NBA play-in is April 16th, and 10 weeks puts Joel from that news at April 16th. So, like, okay. so worst case, if it's a full return is 10 weeks, like 8 to 10 weeks, he'd probably be ramped up and ready to play by then. Ideally, uh, but yeah, hopefully, maybe it could be towards that eight week, and then he gets a couple games to go before, and, or hopefully, we're also not in the playing game, and then he gets rest until uh, the twenty April twentieth is when the games start. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to wait and see. Look, I think this is exactly where I thought we would be. 
This is this is where I think we were going to be at. So let's let's go ahead because I, I look I I kind of don't want to talk about Joel's injury until we have more information. That's that's yeah. just the way yeah. I see it. But let's go ahead and talk about the games, the recent games that the Sixers had to wrap up this podcast. Yeah, uh, tough, man. yeah, yeah. Look, the Sixers kind of got shellacked by the Dallas Mavericks. Wait, wait a second. Did, did we do this last episode? I feel like we did. No, we did the Jazz. Sorry, it still says Jazz in the agenda, but we did. It was the Mavericks. Um, okay, we did not. Okay. 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 Sorry. Let me start over. So the the Philadelphia 76ers played the Dallas Mavericks at home. This game was not a fun game to watch. The Sixers lost 118 to 102. Well, there were a lot of people injured in this game. Of course, Joel was out. Nick Batoon, DeAnthony Melton, Robert Covington. So let me go to you, Jonathan. What was the good in this this game? Yeah, I mean, I guess if we're looking for good, we got to go offensive rebounding. We got 16 offensive boards. That's a, that's a win. Uh, we had Kelly Oubre put up four, Mo Bamba put up four. Just getting second chance opportunities. I mean, obviously there's not a ton of good coming out of the game, but that's what I'm going to go with. How about you? Uh, this is a tough one, man. I don't even know. I mean, I guess the yeah. good was that we saw five minutes of Rashawn Holmes in this game, former Sixer shout-out, no, but, like, in all seriousness, though. I mean, I guess I'll say Tobias Harris, 17-6-6, six six, uh, two steals on good efficiency. Jaden yep. Springer had eight points, five rebounds, four assists, three steals. That's that's about all I got for you. That's the most I can Maybe Ricky Council was seven points in six minutes. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm scratching the barrel here. Yeah. What was the bad for you? I mean, it's our shooting. Eight of 29 from three. It's remarkable. I, I know I sound like a broken record sometimes when I come on here. It is remarkable how bad we shoot from three-point land when Joel's not in. We just can't create space. Maybe Buddy Heald doesn't need Joel's space, and that can raise it a little bit if when it beats out. But, man, we shot bad. And then 14 of 20 from the free throw line, just that's just poor. Like, it shouldn't be that bad. Uh, I mean, but other than that, all around, not great defense and got out to a slow start. So, or I mean, we got out to a fast start, but, like, we let them close heavy in the second half. So, yeah, uh, what's the bad for you? I mean, pretty much that. I mean, you you brought it up. Three point shooting, twenty seven percent. Free free throw shooting, seventy percent. Yeah. We we also you know only forced nine turnovers. That's not good. Look, and I mean, like we lost to a team where Luca only had nineteen points and three assists. Yeah. Let that sink in for a minute. And like Kyrie had 23 points. Like, what are we doing here, guys? Seriously. Like, defensively, we did as good as you could hope. I mean, Josh Green had kind of like a weird game. Same thing with Jaden Hardy. But like everybody else, we did exactly what we needed to do. And I guess Maxi Cleaver kind of had a vintage game. But like, like, what are we doing here? Like, seriously. So, Yeah. No, that's just kind of like what I'm feeling here. So who, who's your player of the game? 
Yeah, I mean, you touched on it. Anytime I can bring up Tobias Harris as player of the game, it's a good night for me. Uh, obviously, the team didn't play well, and he was a minus 18 when you look at the, that plus minus. But 17 points on 8 of 11 shooting, just quality offense from a guy when we needed something. Uh, obviously, second highest leading scorer, but I'm a big fan of Tobias in this game. How about you? We give it to the guy that led all teams in rebounding and was the only player that had double-digit rebounds here in Mo Bamba because why not? I have nobody else to give give it to. I got to give it to somebody here. I mean, look, Maxi was horrendous. 15 points on 16 shots. What's what's going on here? Like, uh, I don't know. I'm sorry. I'm, Maxi's hit a skid again, too, so that's not great timing for that either. All right, let's get to the other games. Yeah, so followed that up with a 127-104 home loss to the Golden State Warriors, the struggling Golden State Warriors. Uh, yeah, I mean, let's just go straight to it. You got any good in this game? Well, wait, real quick. Injury report, same as before. We did have three starters out. This last game, Embiid, Mountain, and Batum, and Covington is like the sixth man. So, again, tough draw with the lineup, but 127-104. Any good, Lucas? Ricky Council is really showing me that he needs a little bit more playing time. That's 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 a positive there. I would say good game from Pat Bev defensively and offensively. I mean, he was able to hold you know his own against uh, him and uh, Jaden Springer. Pretty much locked down Seth, uh, Steph Curry here. Steph Curry had nine points in this game, yet somehow we lost by twenty three points. Um, look, the good here is Pat Bev, Ricky Council, and Jaden Springer. Jaden Springer's defense, uh, Pat Bev's offense, Ricky Council's offense. And I'll even give a little bit of love to KJ Martin, who had 15 points on uh, 10 shots. So good, good for yeah. That's that's my good. Well, you said too good that got traded today, so that's obviously always always a plus. Um, yeah, dude, I don't have, I, I really struggle with good in this. I mean, you held Golden State up 15 points in the first quarter. Like maybe you kind of, we kind of thought we might have a chance. The only thing I'm going to like, this is again, we're scraping the bottle of the barrel, but a hundred percent from free throw line, 14 to 14, that's not too shabby. So I'm going to give that my good. What do you got on the bad? Tyrese Maxey, the fact that we gave up 43 points in the third quarter, I mean, Kelly Oubre, Tyrese Maxey, the defense in the third quarter. Uh, Tobias Harris, probably not the best game for him. Yeah, that's that's about it. Shout out to Kennedy Lofton getting some playing time. Not bad. He's just, you know, he, he hadn't. You think we could survive with Kenny Lofton as, like, our backup center? No. I know. He's too short, isn't he? But he's but he's yeah. a big body guy. He's big body. You can you know yeah. treat him like big baby Davis down there. Yeah, I mean my bad is again we can just say the three point shooting twenty five percent awful forty one percent from the field is not great. Um, Out rebounded by twelve. They had nine more assists than us. We they we had two more turnovers. So not really great team stats all around. Uh, that's pretty much it. What do you got on uh, player of the game? I kind of want to give it to Dario Saric, but he didn't do enough in this game. Shout out former Sixer here. Uh, look, I'll give player of the game 
You know what? I'll give it to Jaden Springer for shutting down Steph Curry. That's what I'll do. Okay. I, you know what? I like that. And then, because I, I was going to give it to, uh, uh, you said Ricky Council before. He was one of the I only mean, two Ricky, people with a. Yeah. Yeah. Plus four. Positive plus minus. Plus four. He was four or seven from the field, eight of eight from the foul line, got to the line, made some shots, and yeah, 17 points. Let's, it's, let's, uh, let's think about this. He got seven, seven uh, field goal attempts and eight free throw attempts in 10 minutes. Yeah. Maybe we need to see a little bit more rookie council. I'm open to it, man. I am open to it. You know, we do have open roster spots. Maybe, maybe, maybe one of the results is that we use one of them on rookie. Oh yeah. Hey, that could be a possibility. Yeah, yeah, could be a possibility. Robin Lopez, Kyle Lowry, rookie council. There are worse op- There are worse outcomes. By the way, Definitely. just throwing out another name, just throwing out another name to consider. He just recently got done playing in Taiwan. Now that James Harden is on the isn't on the team, it shouldn't be a problem to sign him, but Marcus Death. Oh, okay. I thought you were about to say Dwight Howard. No, no, no. Dwight, no, I don't want any of that anymore. No, I'm good. Okay. Well one I, time one, I, dude, I like Bogey Cousins. Look, I mean it's, Give him a, it's call. a thought. Give him a call. Why not? Right. So yeah. that's just my thought there. Also, we did forget one trade, and actually, it's a pretty big one if you think about it. What was Monte it? Morris getting traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves for Shake uh, yeah. uh Troy Brown Jr., second round pick. Monte Morris stabilizes their backup point guard spot. He yeah. is actually really underrated his acquisition there. Also, kind of surprised that uh, Tyus Jones didn't get traded. I'm surprised that the Washington Wizards didn't trade Jordan Poole, too. Uh, nobody wants Jordan Poole right now. Nobody. Yeah, I know, but they're just trying to – I thought they'd just try and dump him. Nope, not going to happen. Nobody's going to take that. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. The buyout market's going to be interesting for sure. So – we usually do around the NBA, but because we kind of already did that with the trade deadline, uh, you know, we kind of just deleted it from our agenda. So, on that note, Jonathan, you play us out, bud. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we had a relatively calm trade deadline come and go. And uh, as Lucas said, buyout market's going to be really exciting, I think, for hopefully Sixers and, and maybe the other teams in the NBA. We'll touch on that when we get there. But, uh Thank you, everyone, for listening. As always, we truly appreciate the support. Please continue to read our work over on the sixersense.com. We'll have a lot of breakdown pieces with the trade tomorrow and trades tomorrow and in the coming days. Um, and when you're listening to our podcast, you can listen on Spotify, Google, Apple, anywhere you listen to your podcast. And until next time, go Sixers. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.